chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, which the world, the denominal world, likes to throw at the church. And, and I would like for you to, if you would, you might want to take a few notes this morning. And uh, it'd be great beneficial to you because a lot of people can't understand. It's hard for them to understand what Paul is speaking about. And I pray that some way this morning that... Uh, that your hearts can be open, that you can understand what the word of the Lord really says. Not adding to, not taking away, but leaving it just like it is. In Acts, the second chapter, turn there first, verse number 38. I want you to remember one thing, in which I've always said that you've got to receive the gift before you can get the gifts. And the word gift is mentioned in Acts, the second chapter. And verse number 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and ye shall receive the gift. If you'll understand that you've got to have the gift before you can get the gifts. And so many people in the denominal world says, Well, you've got a gift from God. You've got one of the gifts from God by talking in tongues. That's not so. They are taking it clear out of the validity of God's word. But it is the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a G-I-F-T. I like to explain it this way. Uh, in this building here, as long as we pay our electric bill, we have electric coming into this building. We can plug into it anything that we can. We want to because that the electricity is coming in. And it's the same way with the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's up to you what you receive from the Lord after you receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. We can put a sweeper in, turn the air conditioning on, got sound system on, got the lights on, or we can turn it all off. It doesn't matter. It's, it's several at our will. But so many times the world, and I know this may be elementary to some, but to others it won't be. But in Acts, the second chapter speaks, verse number 30, and you shall receive the gift, G-I-F-T, of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And then I've got to bring 12 before I go into 14. And uh, I want us to open our hearts to the Lord and, 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 and try to remember as much as you possibly can of that which I'm trying to bring to you this morning. In 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the Bible said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, G-I-F-T-S the Corinthian church was uh, it is the only church that Paul spoke about the administration of the gifts of God the things of God they were they were praying people they were they were God uh, uh, they, they, they were zealous over spiritual gifts in fact if you look at first um, in, in chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the very first verse says, Follow after charity, or follow after love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. And so he's speaking, chapter number 14 is the gift of prophecy. Spiritual gifts, it tells us right in the very first verse of chapter 14, and he's speaking about gifts, G-I-F-T-S. I want you to look, just go back to 12 now. 12 is like a slice of bread. The love chapter is the meat that's in between. Chapter 14 is the other slice of bread which makes a complete sandwich. And I've always heard this all of my life 
and how true I really believe that it actually is. Now concerning spiritual gifts, chapter 12 now. I want you to stay with me. I would not have you ignorant. He said, I don't want you to be dumb about these things. And in fact, chapter 14 said, if you're going to be ignorant, be ignorant still in the latter part of chapter 14. But he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. God's people should not be ignorant. If you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. You can't even call him Lord without the Holy Ghost. Some people say, well, I don't have the Holy Ghost. Well, they can't even call him Lord. They're not saved without the Holy Ghost. Right here, verse number 3 tells us that. That no man, that means you and I, it means everybody. No man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. How do you know you got the Holy Ghost? It's so simple and so beautifully. When we, if you look at Acts, the 10th chapter, if you look at Acts, the 10th chapter, you'll understand exactly how you know someone has got the Holy Ghost. Because there's some evidence there. There's some evidence there. And the Bible tells us in the 10th chapter, and starting with verse number 44, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, the Jewish people, which believed were astonished. He took several witnesses down to the Gentile house. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift, G-I-F-T, not gifts now, gift, of the Holy Ghost. Now, how did they know they got the Holy Ghost for? Verse 46 explains why, how they know they got the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which received the Holy Ghost? And so he commanded them, and being baptized in Jesus' name is not just a good conscience toward God, but a commandment. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. But I want us to go back to chapter 12 now. And we want to talk about a few things. No one can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now these are the diversities of the gifts. These are the different kinds of gifts. I don't have time to go into book maybe... Uh, another Sunday we'll go into this. Brother Neely will be with us. Our general secretary will be with us. Uh, the ladies night, Friday night, want to encourage everyone to go. All of our visit, everyone to go. Mother-daughter banquet and Saturday night. Brother Neely will be with us. And Sunday morning and Sunday night he'll be preaching here. You'll enjoy the ministry of this man. And so we find that he's saying that no one can say Jesus Lord but by the Holy Ghost. There are diversities. There are many operations of the gift. But the same spirit, the same spirit, it's just like what I said a while ago. Many operations can operate, but the same electricity. Same, same deal. Use the church or your home as an illustration. You can put whatever you want to in it as long as you pay your light bill and it's wired up and so forth for that which you're trying to plug in. Now, there are divisions of administration, but the same Lord. Now, every one of them is different from the other. Every gift is different from the other. There are not two of them alike. They're, they're differently. Um, it takes more in a tool pouch than just a screwdriver and a pair of pliers. You've got to have other things besides that. And so the Lord doesn't call anyone to his work without giving him special instruments or tools to be able to work with. 
I, I, I won't tell you what it's not that you say I want these things but you've got to not only desire them but you've got to love them you've got to love the Lord all thy heart soul mind and strength let me just go a little farther now I want you to stay with me now there are diversities of administration but the same Lord there are diversities of operation but the same God which worketh all in all but the manifestations of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For one is given the Spirit of wisdom. Well, someone says, I'm a wise man. I know how to make wise decisions. This is not what he's talking about. He's talking about wisdom, which the man, the greatest man of wisdom, of course, was Solomon. God gave it to him. And God gave him wisdom how to understand and how to direct and how to have the right answers I remember I could tell you many times but I remember one for example I had counseled with someone better than 30 minutes and finally the young lady said to me uh, you haven't helped me one bit I, you haven't given me anything that I needed and uh, and I and I and I and I thought Lord I really haven't because I don't have an answer to give you and as I was saying this within myself, the Lord gave me a word of wisdom. And when I spoke it to her, she started crying. She said, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. She said, that's what I've needed. And I thought to myself, it wasn't me. It was God. I mean, I didn't have no answer. I couldn't have given her an answer. There was no answer that I could give her. This is wisdom. This is how the gift of wisdom operates. You got a problem, so you share it with a man of God or someone now you both got the same problem you don't know what to do with it and so then you got to ask God of how to solve the problem and then the problem becomes um, uh, seem like nothing whatsoever when this operation of the gift of wisdom comes in I want you to look at this to the one is given to the spirit the word of wisdom everybody say word not not everything that you want to know but the word one word or two words or three words it is not a it is not a predominant gift it is not something that resides in someone so you can go hang a sign on your back and say i got the gift of wisdom this is not it god doesn't operate that way the gift of wisdom is when you have when you have prayed and you've asked God and you need a decision, all of a sudden he gives you the right words to say or the right things in order to, to the situation. Now that's the word of wisdom. Now this is a gift. This is a gift. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. This is one of them. This is the gift of, and I've seen this operate many times. I've seen this operate many times. It's not, a, it's not a gift that, that lies within a person that he can just reach for at any time he wants it. These are God's gifts. That's, and the reason why I'm going into this is in order to bring 14, as I need to. To another, the word of knowledge. Now, what is knowledge? Something that you don't know. The word of knowledge is this. All of a sudden, I'm... I, I remember one time I walked uh, in, in the old sanctuary. I walked across the back and down the side, and all of a sudden, smoke, cigarette smoke was blowing in my face. And I turned around, and I thought, who's smoking in the church? And there wasn't nobody smoking. And God spoke to me. He said, but they are smoking. You see, sometimes God's got to relate 
uh, an unusual way to, to share what he wants to bring forth. In other words, what he was telling me was, they don't know that there's that you you don't they don't think that you know, but they are smoking. Now this is knowledge, and so I you know the denominal world says knowledge is a man that goes to Bible school and he's real smart, highly educated. I mean he's self uh, um, educated. If this is knowledge, but not Holy Ghost knowledge. Holy Ghost knowledge is. The knowledge that God knows, but you don't know, and he lets you know. Now, that's, that's what this gift is. And so, there are nine in this, and let's just hurry over them just for a short while here. He said, to another faith. <coughs> seeing something, faith is the operation of seeing something done before it's done. Now, that's what faith is. Seeing it happen. A lot of people say, well, how can you see him... Uh, how can you have faith for someone to get the Holy Ghost? I see them talk in tongues before they talk in tongues. I see it in their mouth. And you see something as if it was not. Abraham looked for a city whose maker and builder was God. He saw the city, although he wasn't there at the city. He saw it, but yet he didn't see it. But he saw it in the spiritual realm. Your faith operates, shows you in the spiritual realm what you can't see in the natural realm. This is where faith comes in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is seeing something done before it is done. And uh, I remember when I used to build homes, I told my wife, I said, I'd, and I'd pull out a blueprint, I'd show it to her. I said, now, now this is a beautiful home. I want you to look at that. She said, I don't understand anything you're talking about. She said, I cannot put it together. I see it there, but I can't see what it actually would be until it's built. But to a contractor, he can see it built before it's built. To a man that knows what he's, uh, he's uh, just like uh, anything, you see it completed before it's completed. And so the great uh, God of heaven sees it completed even though it's not completed. That's faith. Amen. And everybody say praise the Lord. But you see, he said, to another, faith, by the same Spirit, to another, the gifts. See, these are all gifts. Every one of these are gifts. This is the reason why I come into this, to bring to you. All of these are gifts. These are not gifts. These are gifts. He said, to another, the gifts of healings by the, selfs, by the same Spirit. Gifts of healing. And so it's a gift that someone, that God would let someone uh, just at a moment of time use this particular gift now let me just I'd like to see the mechanic that would have a wrench in his hand a screwdriver and a pair of pliers and uh, all these things use them at the same time you can't do it there's no way so I'll just tell you exactly how I felt I felt through the years I've always said God, let me use this just for a minute, and I'll give it all back to you. I don't want it anyway, because I'll use it wrongly. I don't know how to use it, but I need this just for a second. Just for, if you'll let me use it just for a second, you can have it back, you see, because it's not a predominant gift. I can say, Lord, uh, I, this man needs to be healed. I need to use this just for a second. You can take it back, but I just want to use it. for It's gifts. Now, a gift is something that is not worked for. 
You don't work for a gift. If you want to give me a gift, it's because that you love me enough to give me a gift. But it's not the fact of who you are or what your name is or where you come from to receive something from the Lord. But the fact is that God loves you enough to give you something. And this is the way these operate. Let's go a little bit farther here, the gifts of healing. And so he's speaking about the gifts of healing. Another to the working of miracles. And to another prophecy. This is chapter 14, prophecy. And to another discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. In other words, the checking, the being able to understand that's God or not God. And the spirit that something is given in. To another di diverse kinds of tongues, languages of tongues, languages of tongues. This is not talking in tongues. See, the Baptists say diverse kinds of tongues is talking in tongues. I beg your pardon. This is gifts. This is not gift. This is gifts. All the nine gifts of the Spirit. And one of them is the diverse kinds of tongues, languages of tongues. And I remember many years ago when... A uh, man used to come here, and uh, he came to me after church that night. And Sister Davis was in the way in the back in the old sanctuary, and she was talking in tongue. He walked up to me and he said, "You know what your wife's saying?" I said, "Man, no, I don't know what she's saying. She's talking in tongue." He said, "She's saying, build a wall, build it high, for I, the Lord, will be with you." And the language that she was using. And he said, "By the way, when you was talking tonight, when you was preaching tonight, he said you spoke of such." A certain language too and he had told me what the interpretation of the language that I was speaking when I was speaking in tongues diverse kinds of tongues languages languages it could be French Spanish it could be any dialect or a language that no man even knows all about amen but still diverse kinds of tongues interpretation of tongues and this is the Latin interpretation of tongues this is a gift this is a gift from God. One of the gifts of God is the interpretation of tongues. And so chapter number 14, he's speaking of two gifts being operated in, in order to, uh, to exhort uh, for edification, exhortation, and comfort of the church. All right, now let's go to 14 now. We must remember now, chapter 14 deals with chapter 12. Chapter 14 tw tells you of a, of a gift that is that was brought forth in chapter number 12, the gift of prophecy. Let's look at it now. Let's look at it real deep. I want you to follow with me now. Follow after love. He's saying love is the greatest of all of these. He, and he's speaking of it. Read the love chapter. You can beat on a, I always like to use it this way. You can beat on a wash tub all day long and say, I love God, but that doesn't mean you love God. You can make the biggest racket. You can jump the highest or run the fathers. It doesn't mean you love God. Amen. But there is signs that you do love God. And so the real love of God he's speaking about here in, uh, in, in, in chapter 14. Follow after love, charity or love. Desire spiritual gifts. This is something that you should desire. Desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. What is prophecy? What is he speaking about? For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. An unknown tongue is the one that you speak unto God. I want to, I want to clarify a few things here. 
there are three kinds of tongues. There's three kinds of tongue. There's the tongue when you get the Holy Ghost, and then there's the devotional tongue that you pray. I mean, you should pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in a devotional tongue. Then there's a tongue to be interpreted. Glory. Now, a lot of people may not understand this. And it takes a spiritual person to understand what I'm saying. Not every tongue is to be interpreted. This is what a lot of people don't understand. They say, well, what well, needs to be interpreted? It'll, it's self-explanatory, as I'll bring it to you this morning here in chapter number 14. But he's saying here, he's saying here in verse number 2, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. He speaketh things that, that people cannot understand. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men, not as a, not as a fact that they are uh, so mightily used of God, but what is prophecy for? It is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, let's look at this just for a few minutes. Edification means instructions or improvement. Edification is telling us that you, God's saying you need to improve on this. He's telling us that we're not where we need to be, but we, he will help us to become what we should be. Glory. Now, that's what, tongue, that's what the interpretation of tongue, when God speaks... It's not always you sweet little darling you. I've seen the time when it cut clear to the heart and hurt very deeply. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. This is what prophecy is for. This prophecy is not to, for someone to stand up and say, Hey, I've, I've, I've got the gift of prophecy. That God's mightily used me. He may use one person one time, may never use them again, because of the Spirit is not as seducive as it needs to be. It is done properly. It, show, it tells us here, we'll come into it in a little while, it shows you exactly how to be operated. Let's look at it again. Edification, exhortation, edification, and exhortation, edification, and uh, exhortation. Exhortation means uh, it's good, or you're commendable, or it could be advice unto counsel. It could mean these things. Edification, which means it edifies the church. It, it, uh, it, uh, it exhorts, it comforts. Amen. Edification means it comforts the church. There's something beautiful about this gift. I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that you go to church every time you go and these, this particular gift's in operation. If it would be, then you would say, I wonder when it's going to come forth tonight. I mean, we can't, can't go home because it hadn't come forth yet. You see, God is such a wonderful God that he knows what we have need of when we have need of it. And it's, it's, it's not, in other words, church is not the same ritual Every, uh, with everything not the same two songs or two songs and a testimony and the word of God and dismissal and many times that the programs are so informed and, and, and programmed out that it'd be impossible for God to intervene to speak to the real children of God 
but he's saying for edification it brings it brings comfort to the church there's a time that oh thank you lord for doing it amen that's what prophecy is it is for someone else when god gives somebody a gift it is not for your benefit come on now God doesn't need any help in, in this nature, but when God gives you a gift, if God would, uh, for an example, let me use the gift of healing, it wouldn't help me, it'd help you. If God would speak, it would speak not only in prophecy, but for the whole, all the people, but basically it's uh, the heart of the one that brings it forth is in the place with God, and so it probably wouldn't, it doesn't benefit him like that the hearer hears it to benefit from. It is something for someone else. Amen. Anytime God gives you something, he gives you a talent of some kind, it's for someone else, to help someone else, to encourage someone else. Let's go a little farther here now. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. You know that's true. When you talk in tongues, you edify yourself. You know, oh, thank God I got to talk in tongues again. I mean, I remember when, I remember when my wife first got the Holy Ghost. She was just an old Baptist, and, and God gave her the Holy Ghost. She thought, man, uh, and she got her own little book down. And, man, I mean, every day she'd talk in tongues. If, if she talk, she'd, she'd write it down. Boy, God, let me talk in tongues today. And, God let me, and she'd write the date, you know. God, let me talk in tongues today. And finally, she realized that God would let her talk in tongues whenever she want, whenever God would want her to talk in tongues. It was just, and so she just run out of pages. She could run out of pages because it was just there. God gives you the gift of the Holy Ghost not for something that, that, um, uh, not to ever use. You know, it's like a man one time. I knew a man one time that he bought a, an old thirty-six or thirty-seven Plymouth, and he didn't want to get it wet, and. Uh, and uh, he finally died several years later, but he always went outside and looked up in the sky to see if it was going to rain. If it was going to rain, he was going to walk. But uh, uh, he wasn't going to get that car out and get it wet. And uh, I doubt very seriously all the years that he had it ever rained on one time. Because, I mean, it had to be a beautiful day, sun shining bright, and everything had to be just right because he didn't, well, he didn't have a car, really. I mean, the, the car had him. He couldn't, it wasn't no good to him. And so it's the same with the Holy Ghost. God gives you something. He doesn't expect you to just hold it inside. But he doesn't expect you to put it on display either. It's not a gift to display. You don't cast your pearls before swine. Glory. And then if God should happen to be able to give it to you that the Holy Ghost, that it seems like it's easy for you to talk in tongues, then you need to ask God periodically to change your language that you'll know that it's not just something that it's just there and everybody say praise the lord he said he that speaketh in an unknown tongue verse number four edifieth himself but he that prophesieth edifieth the church what he's speaking about in chapter 14 is talking in tongues to be interpreted for verse number three edification exhortation and comfort now that's what talking in tongues, this chapter's all about, in other words, a direction from God. I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you would prophesy. What he's saying is, the fact is that 
talk uh, in prophecy gives you direction. Prophecy gives you direction. A lot of people say, well, that, that's hard to believe. I am a firm believer. Prophecy can give direction. Prophecy can give direction. I remember one time I was getting ready to, when I went up to Canada, the first time I ever went up there in Presque Isle to preach, and, uh, and a woman walked by, and a woman that, uh, that only just 1% of eye vision, a woman that prayed a lot, two or three hours a day, she walked by, and she shook my hand, and she, and she said, and immediately she said, Thus saith the Lord. And she prophesied. And when she prophesied, I mean, she prophesied of what I was going to see when I got there. And I thought, well, you know, it's like anything else. You know, well, you're not there yet, and you had not seen it yet, so there's still a doubt in Thomas a little bit in your heart, you know, wonder if it's going to happen. But then after it was all over with, I realized what she told me about was exactly what she had prophesied about. And it was the mind and the will of God. This woman, this woman was quite an unusual woman. In fact, I have never in my life ever found anyone quite, uh, she was almost blind and, and she just did a lot of praying. and she loved God. But what really, I just, I, I, I wasn't too old in the Lord, but uh, this, this woman, I'll never forget as long as I live, one day I was helping Brother Kraft. I was assisting him there, and uh, I had a real bad cold. And I got up early that morning, went to the uh, hospitals, and I come back. It was about eleven o'clock, I guess, ten thirty, eleven o'clock. And I had uh, I had had a dream the night before that really bothered me, and I was tore up about it. And I prayed about it, and I sought God about it, and uh, but I wanted the answers from that dream, and. Uh, so this woman called me that morning, and she said, Brother Davis, how you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. She said, uh, well, she said, the Lord woke me up this morning told me to call you. And I said, well, that's great. That's wonderful. And then she said, uh, uh, what's wrong? I said, oh, I've got a bad cold. Sister, I've got a real bad cold. And she said, that's not what he woke me up about. That cold wasn't what he woke me up about. And... She talked in tongues just for a short while on that phone. And she read my story, life story from A to Z and told me what the dream was and told me what the outcome was going to be. And there's no way that anyone could do anything like that unless the supernatural moving of God. This is not something that, you see, we're living in, you listen to the radio, all that junk, that's not prophecy. Thus saith the Lord, send my humble servant a good offering, and I will bless thee, saith the Lord. I mean, that, number one, he wouldn't say humble servant. Number two, I mean, God still provides and takes care of that which he lays his hand upon. But he's saying here that how beautiful it is to, to talk in tongues and pray that the language would come, that, that, uh, that you would know what you was talking about. Let's go a little farther now. I, I'm not down to the real deep of the meat of it yet. <coughs> I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues. You see, it's, it's the next step up or a gift, you see. We talk in tongues, it's the gift of the Holy Ghost. Prophecy walks into the step of chapter number 12 in prophecy. 
I feel like, I won't be honest with you, I feel like I'm as well qualified to teach on this as anybody else. I've seen every one of these in operation in my lifetime, and I know what God can do and what He can speak. I mean, it would actually, I've seen the times that, that it actually just almost just blew my mind. I've seen, I've seen in prayer meetings, the wife and I pray within eight hours for it to exactly come to pass exactly what the Lord had spoke to us in secrecy. I've seen the time in my early ministry. In my early ministry, I, I went to a place I didn't know what to preach. I didn't have enough sense to preach. And God would begin to deal with me and tell me who was going to be there, what was going to be there, and give me what to preach about. And it happened just exactly like he said, night after night after night after night after night. He can do it. But you know, so many we're living in such an age now that we feel like that we can do all things by ourselves and we need nobody to help us. Let's go a little farther now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this. I'm gonna clear it before we quit here this morning. He said, For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edification. Other words, now what did I tell you? The interpretation, in other words, he's speaking of two gifts in operation. He's speaking of the diverse kinds of tongues. He's speaking of the interpretation, the prophecy of tongues. Or he could possibly speak the interpretation of tongues in chapter number 12. He's speaking of, in chapter number 12, he's speaking, let's go back to it. He's speaking of uh, prophecy in chapter uh, 12, verse number 10. He's speaking of prophecy. He could be speaking of diverse kinds of tongues. Or if not diverse kinds of tongues, prophecy and the interpretation of tongues. The latter part of chapter, verse number 10 of chapter number 12. Now brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to the other by revelation. Three things. Three things is what tongues is for. He mentioned, I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. Amen. He's speaking actually of four things here. Four things. He's speaking of revelation. He's speaking of knowledge. He's speaking of prophecy, doctrine. He said, uh, Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Now, let me put it this way. If I come in here and I say, Let's everybody stand. I started talking in tongues. I kept talking in tongues. Kept talking in tongues. Kept talking in tongues. Kept talking in tongues. What would it profit you? I'm getting a good blessing, but what about you? I'm getting a real good blessing, but what about you? He's saying it's got to come by revelation. Speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or prophecy or by doctrine. That should be so pretty well self-explanatory there. And even things without life giving sound, whether piped or harped, except they give a distinction in the sound. Now, the tongue to be interpreted is a distinction in the sound. It's a different sound than what... Now, the piano doesn't sound like the trumpet, and the trumpet doesn't sound like the piano. And the, and the saxophone is different from the trumpet. And the clarinet's different from the saxophone. They're all different, but yet they make a beautiful sound together. When he's saying here that a tongue to be interpretation of prophecy is differently... They can be, I've been in places where there were 15,000 people and you could hear a pin drop. Not even a baby crying, nobody. I mean, just, I mean, you could, you could hear a fly buzzing over your head, just as quiet as could be. Now I want to ask you, how can that be? All God does is put a silence on all. I said, listen, I want to talk. 
It's not impossible. It's not impossible. Uh, it, it, it always, uh, and you take a building that would seat 15, 20,000, but you imagine how big it is, and one voice in the middle of that thing would just echo around us, and you could hear it, what they're saying, without a microphone. Just, this is clear, just all around. That's God. God has a way of doing it. My dad used to talk about old John the Baptist. He said, he said, history declared. I never read it in history, but he read it somewhere. I'm sure he said he had such a strong voice that you could hear him for 40 miles. Well, I mean, he had a voice, didn't he? Everything without life, give it sound, whether piped or harp, except they give a distinction in the sound, how shall it be known what is piped and har or harped? For if a trumpet give an uncertain sound... I have seen people come in the church and try to, to bring forth a sound of a message and like a trumpet. And, and you just felt like you wanted to puke somewhere. And you knew when it was spoken, it wasn't God. You didn't have to look to see who said it. You just knew it wasn't God. Because you didn't feel good. Glory. You see... The real children of God, the Spirit bear witness that we are the children of God. And then when, when a gift, an operation comes forth, everybody, man, that's God. You know it's God. There's no doubt in your mind that it's not God. But when something is not like it should be, it's like I've, I've said many times, I don't know a thing about music, but I can sure tell you when they get off tune or off note. Because, I mean, just... I mean, maybe, um, maybe Brother Shelton be playing away and all of a sudden he hit the wrong key. I mean, all you can, all you can feel and hear is the wrong key. You, not all the good part, but the bad part. And when God's not in something, there's a... Let me just bring it this way, too. You ever have a dream, you see, and, and, uh, and, you, and, you, and you felt so nasty when, after you had the dream. You felt so bad, and, and you wondered, oh, God, why did you do this for and and you felt so terrible about it. As a devil slipped one up on you. And he tried to give you the interpretation it was from God. And when it wasn't from God at all. You see the devil, he's, he's, uh, he tries his very best to, to slip in a lot of things that, in the church that is un, unnecessary. And things that should not be there. And, he, and, and so Paul says, here he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. When these things slip in here, he says, you should be able to discern that which is God, which is not God. In other words, if somebody come in here, and, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, this, this someone, that, that it's just not right, you don't feel good, you, you just don't feel good whatsoever, and... Uh, it shouldn't have you one little bit. You shouldn't just stop and listen to them talk. You should raise your hand and just keep on praying. Because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And so the prophet, the, the, the originator of the tongue that God gave it to you, you haven't felt no release to hush. You see, when the real tongue comes forth, God takes away the, 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 the ability to be able to speak that. You say, well, I can't control myself. I beg your pardon, because the scripture said the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I'm teaching about some things here this morning that most men don't want to talk about. Amen. But I'm going to bring it to you this morning. 
And he said, the church may receive edification. Amen. I would that you all speak with tongues, but he said, except the interpreter, that the church may receive edification. The prophecy is for the perfection of the church. It is bringing the church, it's bringing instruction, it's bringing improvement. Amen. It's bringing exhortation, it's bringing comfort. Exhortation is good, it's commendable, it's vice, it's advice to be in counsel. God's giving you counsel. That's what prophecy is. But he said, now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongue, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophecy or by doctrine. Verse 6. And even things without life giving sound, whether piped or harp, except they give a distinction in the sound, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if a trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare itself to battle? It was in the Old Testament when war came that the trumpet, the, the trumpeter blew his trumpet and everybody went to that particular part of the wall <coughs> where the trumpet was blown. Everybody got together and fought the enemy, you see. And so he said the trumpet of an uncertain sound, amen, uh, who shall bring it unto battle? Let's read it again here. He said, for if a trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare it himself to battle? Uncertain sound, which means the things that's not God. God gave something inside of you called the Holy Ghost. And if you'll pray and love God, I want you to know what's God, what's not God. Amen. And you'll know that. And you'll know whether it's that certain sound, whether it's the right trumpet sound or not. So likewise, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak unto the air. It's useless. But uh, well, let's just go a little farther here now, and then we'll link some of these together. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Every voice that's spoken... It's a language of some kind, either unto God or unto man. Man may know about it. He said, therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. He that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, ye forasmuch as ye are zealous. I want you to look at verse number 12. You need to, you need to underline it. Zealous. These were men and women in the Corinth church. They were zealous over spiritual G-I-F-T-S. They wanted them. They desired them. Like a lot of men or women will take and call their sons to preach or their children to preach when they're not called to preach whatsoever. Zealous. Want to see it happen. Got to see it happen, you know. But they can't see it happen because God doesn't let it happen. Zealous over it. Want to see it happen. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Zealous means I've just got to do it. I've got to do it. It, it just got to happen. They were zealous people over spiritual gifts. Seek that you may excel in edifying of the church. Prophecy to edifying of the church. It means instructions or improvements of the church. Paul was saying, let God speak. But let him speak the way that he wants to speak. In one or two, let the others judge. We're going to get into this in a few minutes. But he said, let it be done, amen, in the way of edification, exhortation, and comfort. 
I've heard people, I've heard it said in churches that even in business meetings that the Lord, so, so they think would be the Lord saying, vote for so-and-so. I mean, that's, that's not, that's not, God doesn't operate that way. A real man of God may walk up and say, thus saith the Lord, and, and, and for exhortation, comfort for you, but not in a multitude of people, amen, for direction of, of a certain situation. The school of Father, even so much, for as much as ye are zealous over spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel in edifying of the church. It should be, it should be that every pastor's desire for the work of God to go forth. Not his kingdom, but God's kingdom. Nothing for himself, but everything for him. Amen. This is the, uh, for someone else. If God gives you the gift, if God gives you the gift, it's not for you, my friend. It's to help somebody else. This is what he's speaking about. This gift of prophecy is to help somebody in edification, exhortation, and comfort, the first part of the chapter. Now, we're getting that. He's not talking about don't talk in tongues now. If you look, we're going to hurry just a second here. I want you to look at verse number 38, and you need to circle this one. He said, but if any man be ignorant or dumb, he said, let him go on and be dumb. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not, forbid not to speak with tongues. He's not, the, the, the nominal people say, hey, you got a gift. Yeah, we're all going to heaven. I ain't got what you got, but we're going to heaven. I beg your pardon. Paul said, if you're going to be dumb, go on and be dumb, ignorant. But he said, he said, covet to prophesy. But he said, and forbid not to speak with tongues. And so he's speaking here. He said, for as much, verse number 12, Ezelius over spiritual gift. The Corinthian church was so excited about what God gave them that they just couldn't stop working for something more. They wanted more of God, one more of God, one more of God, one more of God, one more of God. When I got the Holy Ghost, that's what I want. I wanted more of God. I built a room on the back of my house for a prayer room just to pray, to seek the face of God. I wanted more of God. I wanted more of God. I wanted more of God. And God gave me more. Amen. God become real to me. But he said... For as much as ye are zealous over spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel in edifying of the church. Prophecy. Prophecy. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown pray that he may interpret. And so what he's saying, if you'll pray hard enough, God might just be merciful enough to you to let you know what you're talking about. But let me put it this way. Like I told a man, 25 years ago. He said, I believe I got the gift of prophecy. I said, oh, really? He said, yes, sir. I said, okay. I said, when you prophesy, I said, you make sure that it comes to pass immediately or it will come to pass. And if it doesn't come to pass, you're a false prophet. You see, prophecy is something. God don't make a mistake. doesn't make a mistake. Amen. It was just like when I came to this church. A lot of people don't know this, 
But when I came to this church, God spoke to me one night. He said, you're going to that church. I said, God, I may be going there, but I've never been there. Now, how can I get there if I've never been there? He said, you're going. I said, I know, Lord. I know that you tell me, and I believe, and I'm going. But I just like would like to know how am I going to go when nobody don't know me over there, and I've never been there before, and I don't know anybody whatsoever, but how am I going there? He said, you're going there. Don't just, just... You're just going to be there. And I, here I am scratching my head. I mean, I don't even know the press, but I don't know nobody. I, I know the district superintendent, but, I mean, he's a busy man. I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about the church. And yet God says, I'm going. <laughs> and when I look at it, it was nothing short of a miracle. Amen. Nothing short of a miracle. Because they, but they, I was number 16 on the list coming here. And they usually don't get down that far at all. And, uh, but when God tells you something in prophecy, it comes to pass. Amen. Or God wouldn't speak it. Let's go a little farther now. He said, pray that you may enter. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, you're praying in the spirit, you feel good. But there's no direction. The church prays. Everything's beautiful, but no direction. Prophecy brings direction. You know this old story, and if you pick up any commentary in town, it'll tell you that prophecy is preaching. And, and, and they say that they, these, I was reading one, I, I just finally got sick and closed the book. Uh, they couldn't tell me anything because they didn't know anything about it. And talking about prophecy, saying that, that uh, uh, well, there's some words in this that needs to be taken out. And prophecy is, is preaching, and, uh, and you study, and God will begin to deal with you through prophecy of preaching. There's a time that prof preaching could be prophecy, that God would speak through that man, a real man of God. And prophecy could come forth. But that's not what this book's talking about. This book's talking about a, two gifts, a gift of prophecy, a tongue to be spoken, amen, and the interpretation of it is the second gift of the interpretation of tongue. He's not speaking about preaching. Paul took care of that in Timothy, amen. He took care of it in the Gospels, preached the Gospel, he answered in season, out of season, reproved, rebuked, with all long-suffering. He took care of all that back there. He wasn't talking about preaching here. He was talking about a supernatural gift for direction, edification, exhortation, and comfort. He was, he was trying to bring to the church something of a direction where they could go. Glory. Everybody say praise the Lord. Let's go just a little bit farther here. He said, uh, Wherefore let him that speaketh and pray that he may interpret, that he may understand. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? He said, I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding. Also, I will sing with the spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. There is a place in God. I'm telling you right now. There is a place in God. God will not do anything until he talks to you. There is a place that if a man will sacrifice and pray and seek the face of God, that God will lead that individual and direct him 
and give him that which he needs. Amen. I'm telling you, in the early days, I remember, like I said, I, I couldn't, I didn't know anything, couldn't preach if I wanted to preach. Five minutes would have been a long sermon for me to preach. But God gave me the insight of what was going to be there and what the need of the place was going to be. And he prepared my soul through prayer to, to move the, the hungry to an old-fashioned altar. And multitudes upon multitudes received the Lord through the Holy Ghost, amen, because of the operation of this particular gift right here. I'm here to tell you that God still does the same. But we have learned and tried to lean upon our own understanding. God, take us back. Take us back. Amen. To the old ways and to the old time. Amen. To seek Him. That this gift may be an operation even more so than ever before. I'm not talking about somebody ain't living right. Stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. It'd be a sick feeling in your old crawl. But when, it's, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, when you know it's, it's eating in the inside of you, and when that person talks, you say, mmm, mmm, that feels good. That's God. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Let's go to the Father. He's saying that I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding. Many times, amen, in recent years, many times I'd be praying in the Holy Ghost and I'd stop and the Lord would tell me, he said, now this is what you said. In the understanding of not uh, in, in my uh, my devotional and see that which he had told me come to pass. We can pray with the understanding. Amen. Tongues is not just a mumble jumble of words or uh, uh, an emotional state that you get in that you don't know what you're doing. You forget your L's and your P's and all the rest of it. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is real, my friend. And the language is real. And God can give you that interpretation. Amen. But I want to tell you what. You've got to be careful of what you interpret if you're young in the Lord and don't know what you're doing. You can get yourself into in trouble. One man told me, he said, I preached. He said, he said I, I prayed for seven days. I fasted for seven days. And the Lord told me that I need to go somewhere else. Amen. He was and he did not pray and that man is lost today because he took that which he thought was right and was wrong but the Bible tells us and we'll come into it here that it must be judged by two or three Amen. A person a lot of times says, hey, I got the gift of prophecy. But they only want to prophesy around two or three people of their friends and so forth. And no judges being around. Nobody that's as a minister of the Lord to say that's God or that's not God. Let's go into a little bit more here this morning. This is a beautiful gift. Amen. But the world has trampled it down. They have made mockery of it and they've done everything to it. The world, the church world, the radio world has actually brought garbage and filth and so forth because they've used this gift so much. If they've got the real goods, why don't they use the gift of miracles then? It's the same, it's the same aspect. It's one of the nine. And, and, uh, and like one man told me, my pastor told me one time, he said, Brother, I want to ask you a question. He said, what's the best gift? I said, the gift that God gives you, that's the best one. To me, I'd covet that one. That'd be the one. Because he knew that's all I could handle. He knew that's all I could really understand and I could be comfortable with. 
Let's go to the Father. I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with understanding also. I will sing in the Spirit. Now this doesn't happen by a little prayer meeting once in a while. Singing in the Spirit. It doesn't happen by just because you want to. But I like to be said like I've heard Brother Marcus speak about it. And you've heard him when he was here. Speaking about the prayer meeting on Azusa Street. And he said the prayer meeting had lasted for years and years and never stopped until Second World War. And he said, and he talked to a man that was there and said all of a sudden somebody would stand up and start singing in tongues. And he said someone else would stand up and, and he said and fall right in harmony, singing in tongues the same language, same everything. And all of a sudden there'd be someone else stand up and start singing, have a trio singing in tongues, all singing the same words, the same language, the same harmony, same everything. And the glory of the Lord would fill the place. Amen. Come on now, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can still sing in the tongues. Amen. There comes times in my life when I'm praying. All of a sudden, God gives me a song. In words, I do not know what they mean. I wish I did. But all of a sudden, begin to sing praises unto the Lord into a language that I never sung before. Amen. God is well able to do all of these things. Amen. Sing in the Spirit. Sing with understanding. Amen. And, and talk in tongues with talking tongue with understanding. Amen. Let's go to another place here. Verse number 16. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen. Giveth thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. Amen. For thou very giveth thanks well, but others is not edified. What he's saying here, the Corinthian church come together and they had their prayer meetings. All of them was talking in tongues. Everybody talking in tongues. But they went home talking in tongues. There was no edification. There was no exhortation. There was no direction. There was no comfort. There was, no, there was nothing uh, uh, to, to bring them closer. Amen. Uh, not only by the word of God, but by the spirit of God. For thou verest, givest thanks well. He's saying you're talking in tongues well, but others is not edified. Chapter, verse number 17 comes right back to verse number 3. They're not edified. Now look at verse number 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Paul was a tongue, tongue talker. He never talked against talking in tongues. Amen. Never in your life did he ever talk about against talking in tongues. Not in Acts the 8, 19th chapter. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Let's look at chapter number 19. What are they going to do with this one? Paul at Ephesus. And it came to pass that apostles was of Corinth. Paul having passed to the upper coast of Ephesus finding certain disciples he said unto them have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe and they said unto him have we not so much heard so whether they say it, Holy Ghost and he said unto them unto what then were you baptized they said unto John's baptism then said Paul John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him that is on Christ Jesus when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, they accepted Christ. 
the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues you think Paul would write 1 Corinthians and tell them not to talk in tongues when he asked him how, how was you baptized you ain't got the Holy Ghost how was you baptized something wrong your birth's not right amen let's go a little bit farther now getting down to where it's beautiful now I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all but yet in the church I'd rather for you to speak five words with understanding and by voice and I might teach others also then 10,000 words in an unknown tongue this is the old Baptist deal right I'm just going to call her name because what it is verse number 19 Oh, I'd rather speak five words in an understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. He wasn't ta- what he was talking about was when you come to church and speak in tongues over and over and over. I mean, how would it be tonight? I said, let's everybody be here at 7 o'clock. And uh, the, the, they start to sing. And I get up there and I said, let's lift our hands. And we talk in tongues, all everybody, to about 9.30. And now all we do is talk in tongues. I said, okay, you all go home now. Church is over with. And a visitor sitting there. He's saying, these people are stupid. They're crazy. I hadn't learned one thing in there. I haven't. What purpose did it go to go to church? I just heard a bunch of people talking in tongues. They said talking in tongues. Prophecy. Many times when, a, when what he's saying here, you talk in tongues. And uh, let's just use the illustration. We say everybody's talking in tongues, and God gives a message, and the visitor's there. And all of a sudden, God's reaching for that specific visitor. And God speaks to that person and tells them their life story from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. And nobody don't know who it is, but that one person said, who told it? And you say, and I, and I, and I, I'll, I'm here to tell you, preaching is not prophecy, but sometimes prophecy goes into preaching. Because I've heard people say, told others, said somebody told Brother Davis what to preach tonight. Yep. Because he hit me. He had to, somebody had to tell him. Yeah, somebody did. It was the Lord. All things are open before him. There's nothing hid before him everybody say praise the Lord sing in the spirit for verily I give thanks well but others is not edified but I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all but yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with understanding he said in the church everybody say in the church in the church what's the church for the church is a place of deliverance it is a place to find out the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. He wasn't speaking of a life outside the church now. He speaks it yet in the church. I'd rather speak five words with understanding and by, by my voice that I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding, how been in malice. Be ye children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written... In the law, Paul goes now back into Isaiah 28 and, and verse number 11 and 12. Line must be upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little with stammering lips, and another tongue will God speak to his people. Verse 21 tells the world 
that it is the tongue. Amen. It's not, it's not the, uh, an, an extra gift. Just to, uh, uh, words, he's speaking about in 1 Corinthians 12. He's speaking about Acts, the second chapter gift. Wherefore tongues, he said, he said, in the law it is written with men of tongues and of other lips will I speak unto this people. Yet for all that will, they will not hear me, saith the Lord. There are some people who just want to argue. And there are some people that just want to say, hey, that, that, that doesn't pertain to me. Amen. Jesus said, if you're hungry, come and dine. Amen. Come and dine if you're hungry. Hungry person, if you're not hungry, I mean, you're not going to eat. There's nothing any worse than seeing someone go to a table and not eat. And they say, well, I, I, I just don't believe that. Honey, I'm sorry. This is for believers. This is not for unbelievers. The Holy Ghost is for believers, my friend. Glory. It's because somebody down the line somewhere told them talking in tongues is from the devil. That's not true. The Bible said in Acts the second chapter, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. What I'm talking about, the tongue come from heaven, didn't come from hell. If everybody, if it was a devil language, how come them in the bars not talking in tongues then? Amen, amen. How come the world don't talk in tongues and shout and run and dance and this, that, and the other? What I'm talking about come from heaven. Amen. And what they want to take is that beautiful heavenly gift and say, hey, there's nothing to it. I want to tell you why they don't want to believe it is because their mouth is unclean, number one. James tells us we put bits in a horse's mouth to direct the horse. Amen. But he said, the tongue can no man tame but God. And God's got to speak through your mouth and tongue to clean up this nasty vessel inside. Because all it wants to do is cuss. Amen. The Bible said sweet and bitter water doesn't flow out of the same fountain. Because I want to tell you what, they want to go on church on Sunday, smoke on Monday, have incest on Tuesday, live like a devil on Wednesday. Come on now. They don't want it. Amen. They say, hey, that's the devil. I got news for them. What I got came from above. Glory. Everybody say, praise the Lord. I'll tell you what. You want to stir up my feathers? Someone pull 14th chapter on me. Hey, Paul said, I speak with tongues more than you all. He was a tongue talker. He never talked against it. He said, it needs to be done in order and decency in the church. Amen. Now, how would it be if I got up tonight, I read my text, and, and we'll just say uh, uh, Victor over there she decides he won't talk in tongues. And uh, I'm trying to read, and he just keeps talking in tongues. And finally, I have the authority, and, and uh, hush, sit down. <laughs> Amen. It's not time to do that. Glory. Let's go, let's go a little farther now. Let's go into it and I'll verify even what I just said. He said, uh, and they always throw verse number 19 to you. Always, always. He said, in the church. In the church. He said, I'd rather that you speak five words with understanding and by the voice that I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. 
Brethren, be not children in understanding, how bad in malice be children, but in understanding be men. For in the law it is written, Isaiah 28, link it back to that. Wherefore tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, and we, are, we, we believe that. Amen. But to prophesy, he said, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesy, prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Amen. We know that it's true. Let's go to verse number 23. If therefore the whole church is come together in one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, they will not, will they not say that ye are mad? That's what I said a while ago. Everybody just start talking in tongues, talking in tongues, talking in tongues, talking in tongues, talking in tongues. He said, man, these people are crazy. That's not church. That's not church at all. And that's why he said that that there should be a prophecy come forth, amen, in order to clarify all that tongue talking, amen. The Bible says, are you not mad? If you all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned or is convinced of all, he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart, as I said a while ago, prophecy comes forth, and all of a sudden God has read his heart and soul. And, uh, and then he realized, and he said, falling down his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. What is prophecy? It's foreknown knowledge. It's knowledge. Everybody say, praise the Lord. It's knowledge. A visitor comes in and say the gift of if God would see fit when a visitor come in and uh, and say for someone would talk in tongues God would say just use me give me the invitation I'm not saying he would but just use his illustration and I'd say oh you adulterer he said mm, he's talking to me or you you're a theft or whatever it may be just read the uh, the of his heart and he's and he's wondering said how did he know me how's he and then when after the, as you begin to worship he begins to feel God and he realized that it's it's a, it's an operation of God amen like the woman at the well same situation the secrets of the heart made manifest so falling down on his face he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? These people were zealous people over spiritual gifts, you must remember. The Bible said there was in this chapter. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath interpretation. Let all things be done in edifying. Let me bring it this way. I say tonight, um, uh, who would like to make a selection of a song? Someone says, page number nine, I'll fly away. And uh, someone says, no, I don't want to sing, I'll fly away. I want to sing the old rugged cross. Another one says, no, I don't want to sing the old rugged cross. I want to sing Amazing Grace. Another one says, no, I don't want to sing Amazing Grace. I want to sing It's Real. And by the time you got everybody, it'd be a mess. And, and people get mad because they didn't sing the song. Amen. He said, how come it is that when you come to church, everybody's got a song. Everybody's got a revelation. Yeah, let me show you what God has done. This Everybody had a revelation. 
It was, it was, it was messed up church service. That's what it was. Glory. This is one to have a revelation. This is one to sing a song. This is one to have uh, something else done. Amen. Can you imagine? I heard a man one time. Uh, they told me about this man that was preaching on communion, and uh, he was saying whether you drink grape juice or wine, and uh, and of course he was uh, he believed the fermented type that he had to drink Morgan David, and uh, and so uh, uh, he said, now all you that drink wine, you sit on this side, and all you that don't drink wine, you sit on this side. This is up in Indiana, I think it was Indiana, it was a state, and so. And they, they separate, one on each side of the other. So, man, I mean, he took his text. Man, he preached to all them grape drinkers, you know, grape juice drinkers. And, and, man, he just put them all in hell. And one by one by one, they finally got all over on the side where they was all drinking fermented wine, you know. He made examples out of them, you see. And this is what, what it, 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 it's so sad that what he, Paul was saying here in this church, I use it as an illustration. Some come to church and say, we want to sing. Others said, we want, we, want, uh, we want to talk in tongues. One said, hey, we, I got a revelation. It's a mess. The church was a mess. Wouldn't it be terrible now tonight if everybody wanted to sing a special? I remember one night I was in a fellowship meeting in Mississippi many years ago. And there was 30, 32 preachers there in the fellowship meeting. And um, there was some uh, ministers there that shouldn't have been there uh, because they was kind of unusual. And uh, one man got up, and I think I was, I forget what number, I think 28, 29, way up there. And I'd heard all that mess. One man said, well, I'll tell you what, we need to move a God in our church. He said, we need to move a God in our church. He said, he said I felt really impressed of the Lord. He said, to get the ladder and put beside the church and, and uh, we all, all the men in the church climbed up on the roof, and, and he said, the Lord spoke to me that night and said, reach down and rip off a shingle. And so he said, we all ripped off a shingle. And he uh, said, man, we come in the church, said, man, said, we laid them shingles on the altar and said, man, we anointed the power of God fell in that place. said, man, did we ever have church? And uh, I wanted to regurgitate. I'll just be honest. I sick. Anybody talk about having a move of God, something like that. Next man got up and he said, well, he said, uh, I don't know about all that. He said, uh, it cost me too much money to put shingles on my church. He said, I don't know whether I'd want to do that or not. And, uh, I mean, it was just, uh, it, was, it was terrible. And uh, my turn to preach, it was 1230 at night. My wife said, she didn't go with me because she knew what was going to happen. And she said, you didn't preach to you. I said, I had to, honey. I had to straighten up that mess some way or another. Let them know you don't rip shingles off to have a move of God. You'd come down and fall on your knees and pray and wet the altars down and get all the carnality out of your heart and soul. You could have a revival. Amen. You can jump all you want to. You get on the altars and cry all you want to like Baal, but if you'll fall down on your face and love God, you'll have a move of God. And... Uh, and so you can see when it goes out of proportion, you see. And then another man got up. It was 1 o'clock when he got up to preach. And everybody was asleep. I mean, almost. There was nobody there but preachers. Everybody else then went home. They said, let them have it, you know. And I mean, it went clear out of proportion completely. 
And the man got up and he started to preach. He said, well, he said, I got a text. He said, I've always been told never to preach any longer than what I've prayed. And he said, I've prayed at least an hour today. And everybody goes, oh, no. <laughs> and that's what church would be like if it, if it wasn't in order as it needed to be. And that's what Paul was doing here in, in the chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. He's saying the church needs to be run in order. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say praise the Lord. This is what he's saying here. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. Praise God. <coughs> Verse number 26. We won't have to hurry. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you have a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying of the church. If any man speak to you in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or the most by three. I've heard people say, man, we had, man, we had a great service now. We had four people talking in tongues and four interpretations. That's unscriptural. I want to tell you what, if God can't get what he's trying to speak to the church in three, you might as well wipe it out because he can't get it in six or seven. Amen. Too thick a heads of people they can't understand. And if they can't get what God's, I'll tell you what, God's just got to speak one time to me. I'm ready to fall down, whatever. Amen. You don't have to tell me again. I mean, my daddy never told me that many times. My daddy told me the first time, and if I didn't go the first time, the second time, I wished I had went the first time. He had a razor strap saying, and kind of put a little force behind it that I'd go. Amen. Glory. You know, you ever hear a mother scold his child, said, If you don't do this, I'm going to get you. If you don't do this, I'm going to get you about ten times. That child knows they're not going to do nothing. That child knows that. But when God speaks, amen, it don't take a whole bunch of times, amen, it just takes, amen, the Bible says here so beautifully, how uh, he said in verse number 27, if a man speak in his own tongue, let it be by two, or the most by three, let him course, let him take turns, and let one interpret. You know, it could be, it was just like this. God interprets many different directions. Sometimes he gives a thought to an individual, and then he, as he mentions the thought, God puts the words in the individual's life, in his mouth, to speak what the Lord saith. For an example, what he's saying here is that, say, God gave you the interpretation. Say, God gave you the interpretation. So you're standing up and you're saying, thus saith the Lord. And another woman or a man says, hush, Brother Haney, he gave it to me also. I got this thing, see. And this is what Paul's speaking about right here. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or the most by three, that by course let one interpret. And if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Like one preacher said one time, I'll never forget him saying, he said if one man usually does all the interpreting of the messages that comes from God and he's absent that night, don't waste your time talking in tongues because the interpreter's home. That's what he said. <laughs> let the prophets speak by two or three and let the others judge. 
Let the prophets speak two or three, and let the others judge. Now, what I'm saying is, now, it's not to the saint of God to judge, but the saint of God will feel comfortable when this comes forth. But there should be some elders around saying, that's God. That's what he's saying. Because, you know, let's just, or for an example, let's just use some of our young people, for example. We'll say Brother Tommy and, and R.L. and, and um, Ray Rose, and they're in a prayer meeting. Man, I mean, they're, man, they're excited. Woo! Boy, I mean, you know, like they them young boys into it. Man, they're just really getting with it, you know. And one says, man, I feel God. Thus saith the Lord. And, and man, I mean, and they can go in it, and they can say, man, God spoke to us. I mean, zuberous. I mean, excited of what God has done. But where is the one saying, that's God or that's not God? You see, you can be led in the wrong direction. You've got to have a compass. If you're going to go into a, a, into a forest somewhere and hunt for something, you've got to have direction. You've got to have direction in this. This thing it wasn't done in a corner. It wasn't done just, uh, just any old way. It was done, amen, in, in order of God, like God wanted to be done. And in the Corinthian church, they were so zealous over spiritual gifts. All they wanted to do was just come and sing and, and worship the Lord, talk in tongues and all this and the other. And, and Paul said, let it be done by two or three, and let it be done by an interpreter. Amen. Now, it could be a different interpreter under each one. Amen. But after three, amen, there's no, I mean, if God can't talk to you in three times, Paul's saying, forget it. He's not talking. Amen. You can't understand it anyway. Glory. And a lot of churches out of organizations and so forth, they'll prophesy four, five, six times. Amen. But if God can't speak to me in one time or two times, amen, there's no need him going any farther because I'm not going to listen to him anyway. And it's the same way to the church. God wants to speak to his people, and this gift is laid dormant many times, but this gift should not lay dormant. <coughs> it should be strong as it, as it ever was. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Let the prophets speak by two or three and let the others judge. And so if this goes on in the prayer room and there's not a minister there, amen. Just let it go in one ear and out the other. Amen. Because it's a sad thing that they're willing to bring up their voice in a, in a multitude of a cottage prayer meeting, but they won't bring it up in the, in the sanctuary where the men of God can judge. Because you get stirred wrong. You get in the wrong direction, you know. I've come to the point that I've, I've asked, I have stopped and said to people, how do you get to a certain place? And they told me, and I actually found out they didn't know what they was talking about. They didn't know where I was wanting to go. Or they gave me the wrong direction. Amen. Here a while back, I was asking for direction. He said, you go down here and do this and that. And the other night I was in town. And, and uh, I finally come to the conclusion they didn't know where what I was wanting to go to. I made it very plain, told them where I wanted to go. But it seemed like they knew what they was talking about, but they didn't know what they was talking about. Or either I missed directions one another. We need direction. Amen. I don't want to be led astray. I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost. 
Man, I was excited. I talked to Dad about it. Oh, I was excited. I was excited. And then I mean, all of a sudden, he took all the air out of my balloon. I, I was telling him, I said, oh, I was listening to the radio. And I said, oh, it was so beautiful. I said, man, talking about the Holy Ghost. And, and he said, I said, man, he was doing so great. I said, it is wonderful, Dad. And, and Dad said, son, let me tell you something. He said, not everybody has got the Holy Ghost to lead you in the right direction. He said, not everybody leads the truth to you. Make sure you open that book and see what the book says about it. And follow that book, he said, because you get led in the wrong direction. I won't tell you what. Many people have been led in the wrong direction in a cottage prayer meeting because someone said, thus saith the Lord, when it wasn't thus saith the Lord at all. It was thus saith himself. Praise God. And I'm not, I'm going to tell you this, I've never been a man that's tried to discourage prayer meetings. Amen. I've been rebuked for praying too much. And when I was, when I first started out, I was rebuked for praying too much. And uh, I told them, I told them, minister, I said, I want you to forgive me. He said, for what? I said, well, I said, your message was toned to me tonight. And I said, I'm the only one that's guilty. So I said, I want you to forgive me for praying. Oh, he said, Brother David, oh, he said, that's such a touchy thing. He was afraid for the people to get into the supernatural realm. Honey, I'm not afraid you get in the supernatural realm. Amen. Because I know one thing. I know there's a God in heaven that can bring it all under control. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Let the prophets speak but two or three, and let the others judge. If any man be revealed, if it anything be revealed to another that setteth by, let him first hold his peace. What I said a while ago, but the hand in someone else. Let him hold his peace. For ye, for ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. I've heard people say, I just can't hold, I can't help myself. No, you know, I, I beg your pardon, you can stop. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, and is of churches and of the saints. Let the women keep silent in the churches. This doesn't mean keep talking in tongue. And uh, Paul meant to, I really do believe with all my heart, business matters and things that pertain to the things that, that are, are depth. And I want to say this, I think it's a shame and uh, that the men have become so occupied that the women uh, have taken the, the voice of the men in prophecy. Hello. It used to be that the, that the man... Uh, uh, brought the family to prayer it was the man that brought the, the the assembly to the place where it needed to be but it seemed like the men are so busy nowadays that the wife does the praying and so if God's going to speak many times he does speak through the lady and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever but what I'm saying tonight amen that this morning is the fact that in what Paul was speaking about that the women keep silent as far as the I think I've always said the business matters and so forth of the church and let the men and the Bible says uh, uh, let your women keep silent of the, in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak but they are commanded to be under the obedience as also saith the law and if, they're, and if they will learn anything let them ask their husbands at home it's very self it explains itself for it's a shame for a woman to speak in the church and it, it actually means uh, I really do believe that in, in business but a lot of places where um, churches are small and women have the uh, a lot of the women are in the church and so forth they couldn't have they couldn't have a business meeting or anything if they didn't have women what came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only 
If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are a commandment of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, if you want to be dumb, he said, if you want to be dumb, just go on and be dumb. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy. Covet means to desire, to want to, uh, to know what God is speaking about, to covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done in decency in order. Amen. What he's saying that the church needs to be what God ordained it to be. Amen. In decency and in order. A lot of people take the church and say our church is not reverent because it's too much excitement, too much running and so forth. In the denominal church they sit there and uh, they don't hardly move at all. That's not being reverently. Amen. Reverently is to uh, giving unto God that which belongs to God. Worship and praise unto Him. Everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. I hope I've answered some questions for you. I hope that I've brought it like it needs to be. But when every time they bring to you, bring up to the fact is, hey, you're talking about gifts, G-I-F-T-S. You get the Holy Ghost, then you'll understand what G-I-F-T-S is. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Paul was speaking about, he said, he'd rather for us speak a few words in a known tongue, five words in a known tongue, 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. What he was saying was in the church that others may hear. Well, I'm so glad that a preacher preached to me, brought me into the knowledge of the Lord. Amen. If I hadn't, if I went to the place and everybody just kept talking in tongues, talking in tongues, talking in tongues. I'll tell you what really brought me into the church was when I went into the church, I was determined that I wasn't going to be a part of it. I wanted nothing to do with it. But when I felt God, when I felt His presence amongst holy people, I realized that there was something there that I didn't have and I needed. And I needed to find out what they had so I could love Him and worship Him. Praise God. God never forbid anyone to talk in tongues. Paul never forbid. He was a tongue talker. Amen. All of his writings and so forth. Someone says, well, did he talk in tongues? You're mighty right, he talked in tongues. Amen. He wouldn't have told him in Acts the 19th chapter to talk in tongues. He wouldn't have told him through the scriptures and so forth. But he was, he was a great man to bring the church in order and bring it in order like it needed to be brought in order. Praise God. How sad it is that churches that uh, uh, try to get away from the supernatural the reason why they do is because that they don't want to live holy before God. I've never, I've never been afraid of it. Amen. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's something to yield yourself toward the demonstration and the things of God. God has led me through the years. He's led me all through the years with this, this beautiful gift right here in devotion. God has led me through the years, all through the years. In this gift right here. He has spoke to me. He's led me. He's talked with me. He showed me things above the earth and below the earth. Because of gifts. I'd be the last one in the world to ever tell you. Don't seek the gifts of God. But I want to tell you what. It takes a dedication to the Lord too. And I'm not trying to set myself upon a pedestal. Not by a long ways. But God just doesn't give anything to anybody praise God 
You know, there's some children, every family's got their children. Usually there's one that's usually different from the other. And uh, one usually loves parent more than, even though they all love him, but yet a little deeper. My oldest brother, he loved mom and dad, and mother and dad loved him. Dad was willing to help him, and he did help him, and done many things for him. But I guess a deep reverence was that when Dad really needed something done, he always called me, asked me to do it. Dad needed advice, he always called me. And when I needed advice, I always asked him. And, uh, and we'd sit and cry together and talk about God, the things about God. And uh, Sister didn't have too much time. She loved Mom and Dad. But my heart was broke when dad passed away I prayed for his soul last night I know it's no good nothing I can do I said God if there's a place where you can rock his soul rock his soul tonight you know there's a, there's a, there's a lot of people that that tune in close to God and love God there's some people that God doesn't have to speak very harshly to be brought under and molded of God. I, uh, it's like my youngest son. He said, "Daddy, if you've got something to tell me, you should tell me kindly, would you?" He said, "I'll do it. I love you." And uh, in other words, don't raise your voice. Just, just tell me what you want me to do. I'll do it. And that's the way I feel it is with the Lord, myself. Lord, I will. I'll do it. Just tell me what you want me to do. Some people are not quite like that. And the gifts of God are so beautiful. I remember when he, when I was in Bible school, when God began to deal with me, I, uh, he was so real to me. I didn't know how to, I didn't know nothing about this book, very little about this book. And yet in my ignorance, I've seen these gifts operate not knowing anything about them or no one ever teaching them to me. I've seen them operate. And God will let them operate in your life too. If you need wisdom, ask Him. I, a lot of times I'll say, Lord, I've got a problem. I'm your child. I love you. i got a problem. i got to have an answer. I need an answer so desperately. And God would give me the answer and he'll do the same thing for you it's not just a select one or two these gifts are not to a select one or two in my earlier life childhood I I remember some precious women that dearly loved of God that God loved them in the old home church there was a woman by the name of Sister Smith that I would probably say in the 30s and 40s that she prayed more people through the Holy Ghost than anybody I've ever known. Probably more than any preacher that I ever met was around. She was a prayer warrior. She loved God. Walked with God. And they said before she died that they went out and gave her communion one day and she liked to tore that place up when they when she put the juice to her lips. Communion with God. I want to be 
that person that God doesn't have to talk to very harshly. I uh, I want him just as it don't take you half a dozen times for him to talk to him. Just one time be enough. And if you're here this morning, you've got problems, or find that place in him. He won't turn.